Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Oh, boy. Heather's gone. Won't see here for the rest of the day. See you later, money. See you later, checking account. Nice knowing you. Anyway, hopefully you guys got to spend a ton of time with your families and friends yesterday, shared some stories, and appreciated one another. Um, because that's what Thanksgiving's all about, is appreciating and being thankful for the people that surround you. There's nothing like a great home life. You guys know all about that from the last podcast. So thank you for joining me once again this week, special holiday edition. We don't take days off here. Actually, we did take a day off yesterday, so I take that back. So we do take days off, but we're back at it here today. That is Friday, the weekend after Thanksgiving. I am Chris Kiefer, your host. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast, the one and only, the OG Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, and unparalleled customer service, and of course, free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. So go there, check them out. They have great deals already, but hey, Black Friday, it's shopping day. Go see what they have. And of course, maybe go buy some Fly Racing products. Flyracing.com, go check them out. See what kind of gear you want. There's all different types. It's getting cold. It's wintertime. You snowmobile, they got you covered. If you're on the West Coast, we're still good. 60 degrees, 70 degrees. Go check out Light Hydrogen, Kinetic Mesh, Evo Line, F2 Helmets. They even got boots, that's right, and we're waiting on a special helmet that's coming out as well, if you guys haven't heard. So go check them out, flyracing.com, and of course, everybody go check out racetech.com, get your suspension revalved, get them rebuilt, change your oil, seals, whatever you want, but make sure you do rebuild your suspension because that is number one. How many hours, Kiefer, do you do? I get this a lot. I say this a lot on the podcast, but let me tell you, still get that question. I go about 15 hours until I rebuild my stuff. That's me. Doesn't mean you guys have to. Maybe go 20, 25 hours. I think you'll be okay. But anyway, the point is, go to racetech.com. If you're looking for some springs, get your spring rate correct. Get your bike correct. Get the balance of your bike correct when you're on the track. Ride attitude of the machine is important. You guys can't corner? You guys email me and say, Kiefer, I can't corner. Well, I don't know what to tell you guys. Maybe get your bike attitude correct. All right? Go to racetech.com and maybe get your bike attitude buttoned up, sharpened up. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, support the sponsors that support this podcast. I want to give a mention to Blood Racing, bloodlubricants.com. 
I've been using their oil in my test bikes. Great stuff. Jeff is the owner at Blood Racing, and he just introduced some new products. Not only do they have oil now, but they have cleaners. They have degreaser. They have spray wash. They have chain lube. They have all different kinds of stuff. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. And today we're going to talk about the 2019 Honda CRF 250R. Holy shit, you guys have been waiting for this for a while. You guys have been hitting me up. Kiefer, they're at dealer floors. How come no one has been talking about it? Well, Honda has several new lines of motorcycles out this year. So it's tough for their media department to get to every single one of these new bikes that they have for us to test. They got a lot of them this year, guys. They got so many. They got um, They got the new X and they got the new L. So there's a lot of things going on with Honda. They got new play bikes. So many things Honda's been working on finally coming out. And to me, I think it's okay. Like, I don't mind not going to an intro. It doesn't bother me that much. Um, but I'm glad they finally dispersed these Hondas this week to the media. The CRF 250Rs have been in dealers, I don't know, maybe almost two months. So, uh. We're just now getting around to giving you a first impression of the 2019 CRF250R. Like I said, we just got these on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. This is Friday, so complete transparency because this is what we do here at Kiefer Inc. I'm filling you in on everything um, that we know. I've been riding this bike for probably over a year. I've been helping our Honda R&D some of this stuff. Not to say that I make the decisions on this bike, because I don't. I just help them with settings and do some things with the R&D team at Honda to help this bike along. So, if anyone knows this bike, it would be me. <clears throat> now, with saying that, just so you guys know, if you guys listen to this podcast, you guys know that there is no bias towards any manufacturer here. No matter what I do, I have tested for Yamaha, I've tested for Honda, I've tested for KTM. And if it's a good bike, I'm all in. I do not care what color it is. Um, and it's just plain English. It's so simple. If it's good, I will tell you about it. If it's bad, I will tell you about it. This is what I have gone through throughout almost my two years here at Kiefer Inc. Testing. And this podcast that we're doing is just straight up, no bullshit, going to get to the facts, going to get to the to the meat of what this bike is about. So the reason why I can do this so early is because I know this bike so well. I've been riding it for so long. Unlike what Michael Lindsay said on the Pulp Show, I haven't broke in these machines for the media. I didn't do that. So, But I have been doing some settings, and like I said, some settings and some updates with Honda on this 2019 bike. It's been a while since we've been on this machine, of course, um, the 2019 settings have been complete, man, eight months ago. So it's it's been a long time. But um, I just got recently refreshed with this bike last month. I spent four days on it, comparing it to the 2018 bike. And there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of things on paper, but there is also a lot of different feelings on the track compared to the 2018 model. The 2018 model did have some problems. There was a recall on the clutch basket, it did have some overheating problems. It didn't have that much torque. These are all the things that I've heard from you guys out there, the things that I've heard from my, on my email account. 
and the things that I already knew from writing it as well. So um, we're going to get to the nuts and bolts of this 2019 and what is exactly better from the 2018 version. We will talk about that and we will get you some settings, at least some baseline settings for you guys to try. This isn't like the end all be all. This is the the godly settings, you know, if you don't run this, your bike's going to suck. It's not going to handle. I'm just trying to get you guys to a point where you can start and then you guys can work from there. So we will talk about that as well. First things first, though, what are the updates on this 2019? So Honda did. Let's, let's start this because I always have these thoughts in my head before I, I keep moving along this podcast. I'm going to give an example. The 2019 Yamaha YZ450F didn't have a lot of things on paper, but look how much better it got from the previous year. So don't let minute changes, and and the Honda has more than minute changes, it has a lot of changes, but don't let these subtle changes influence you to say, oh, the bike's not better. A lot of shootouts say, I shouldn't say a lot. Some shootouts out there say, hey, the bike hasn't changed that much. There's no way it should win. I don't care how it feels on the track. This bike's not going to win. To me, that's complete bullshit. Judge the bike on how it is when you ride it. It doesn't matter what this piece of paper in front of me says. If you feel like this bike is better than the last year's bike and it wins a shootout, that's all it should be. Say if there's three changes on on a bike for the for the next year and those three changes make a lot of difference then you should judge it fairly that's my that's my I guess my rant uh, since we do this on the pulp show that's my rant for these other magazine these media outlets who cares what it says on paper fake science i don't give a shit help yourself out judge the bike by how it is on the track so the 2019 crf 250r has some changes it has a new, com, uh, new cam profile, um, and some of that is based on the feedback from the MX2 team in Europe. Um, there's a new intake and exhaust exhaust port geometry, um, which is said to help improve low RPM response and engine delivery. Uh, a new throttle body. So they went to a 44 millimeter um, throttle body from a 46. Of course, you guys know out there that's for low end. This is what this bike's lacking. Um, a new piston oil jet um, that uses five nozzle holes instead of four. So that's a little bit uh, better for cooling efficiency. Um, right side exhaust pipe shortened 50 millimeters. Okay, so again, all for power delivery. Uh, new AC generator reduces weight and, of course, friction. That's for starting. Of course, rent all fat bar just like the 450. That comes on the 250 as well now. Uh, top triple clamp, it features two handlebar position mounts so you can move your mounts forward or back. And then also the mount itself is flippable, which that's what I call it. You can turn it um, two ways. So there's many degrees of handlebar dimension. Um, I shouldn't say handlebar dimension. I should say rider triangle dimension features on this bike. Um, there's a new engine guard. That's supposed to allow increased airflow for improved engine cooling performance and efficiency. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know on the track if it did. Um, we'll talk about that as well. A redesigned fork protector on both forks for improved coverage. That does help. Um, I've tested some of that just some days just on fork protection. 
and riding through mud holes, I guess you say, almost like going mudding if you're back east, you're listening to this, to see if um, the forks get nicked or the seals leak. Of course, probably the biggest news for 2019 on the CRF250R is black rims. Woo-woo! You know, say what you want. Black rims do look sexy, okay? I would much rather have black rims than silver rims. I hate silver rims. It just makes it look roached. And when black rims get pitted and, and scarred up a little bit, they still look better than silver rims. I'm sorry, guys. A lighter front brake caliper uh, that uses different pistons now. So 30 and 27 millimeter, okay? 30 millimeters and 27 millimeters. That's for stronger braking performance. So that has changed. That's just like the 450. Updated front brake hose, all right? And newly shaped foot pegs that are 20% lighter that do actually collect less mud. I hate it when I'm burying myself into a rut and the damn foot peg gets stuck. A Cherubis makes bitchin' little rubber booties that go in between that to prevent that, but more mud goes through the foot peg so it doesn't get packed in. Not only through the foot peg itself, but also where it pivots. I feel like there's less mud that gets through there. So, man, Honda was really... Out of all the bikes last year, Honda packed... Their foot pegs packed with mud the most. I don't know why, but every time I got in a Honda, I always had to kick my foot peg down in the air because I would get packed up with mud. I was like, God, oh, it sucked. So those are the 2019 updates that have been performed with this bike. A lot of R&D goes into this, these Hondas, okay? I can attest. I've been around Honda for the past, uh, let's see, three, three years for development. And they really try to improve each year's model, even if it's minute changes. Um, look how far the 450 has come, okay? When the 2017 came out, it was a big hit with a lot of people. I think Pingree said that probably was the most fun bike that he's ridden. And he liked that bike a lot. Um, I really like a 2017 Honda Sierra 450 from a 2016. And going from the older generation 250R, this generation is much better. Like I said, pro approximately eight months ago, we wrapped we wrapped this up, you know. And um, I, I remember leaving the test site thinking, ah. This is, this is a, an improvement over the 2018. It's going to be a little bit better, you know? And I feel like it's a step in the right direction. But there is some things that can improve, and we will talk about this. So let's just start on the engine. So Kiefer, has the 2000... This is the question I get the most, okay? Kiefer, is the 2019 Honda engine better than the 2018? The answer to that question is yes, it is. If you guys are familiar with my scale, my testing scale, if a 2018 Honda CRF250R is a three baseline three, overall engine performance on the 2019 is what, Chris? To me, I would say it is a 3.25. So it is noticeable. It's not a huge difference where you'd be like, oh my God, this is a completely different engine package. It's insane. No. But you will, if you rode the bikes back to back, you'd be like, okay, wow, it is better. Where is it better? Yes, there is increased bottom end RPM response and torque. It's not 
going to be as good as a Yamaha YZ250F. There's, it's just not going to be. I'm sorry to tell you guys that. The Yamaha YZ250F has more meat, has more pull out of the corner, especially when the ground is soft and dissed up. Now, where do I see most of this improvement? To me, is in the mid-range of this 2019 Honda CRF250R. Mid-range has increased a lot. Pulling power in the mid-range is excellent. It is good. I would say, I would venture to say it is better than the YZ250F, which I couldn't say that last year. This year, mid-RPM response is improved. Mid-range pulling power is improved, along with top-end pulling power. There was no problems with top-end pulling power, power last year, but this 19 has increased. I would say top-end power rivals, if not better than the KTM 250SXF. So this power is very fun, but you have to be aggressive to ride it. You can't be lazy. If you want to be lazy, you go to a 450 or you go to a YZ250F down low. But Honda has closed the gap a little bit with torque feeling down low. It still is not like a blue machine, but to me, Remembering what the Kawasaki was last year, it is a little better than the Kawasaki KX250F. So, with that being said, where do I like this on the track? What do I feel? So, of course, I've tested this bike at several different tracks in Southern California. And to me, this bike shines considerably on flowy, faster types of tracks. I have so much fun on this bike when I went to Cahia when I go to Sunrise, when I go to Comp Edge, when I go to Glen Helen, the bike, what this bike does, it pulls so freaking far. It revs out far. And if you don't like to um, short shift and you like just to rev the shit out of a bike, the Honda CRF250R is a great bike for that. It's even better than the 2018. So things that I didn't really like about this 2019 that hasn't really changed from... The 2018 is, to me, the second, third, fourth gear spacing is a little weird, is a little off, okay? So if I roll out a corner in second gear, I have to shift really quick in the third. And then to me, third gear doesn't pull as far as I would like, um, as I would like to than other machines do. So then what I usually do is I go second, roll second, shift to third, and immediately go to fourth. It's rare for a fourth gear to be so usable on a 250F, but the Honda gearbox, you can use fourth gear a lot. I use fourth gear on, I would say, 70% of tracks here in Southern California. Obviously, this is relatable for where you ride, but Cahia, Glen Helen, Sunrise, Comp Edge, I use fourth gear a lot. I do have to remember, because I'm a 450 guy, I have to remember to downshift twice. If you guys are out there going, oh, fourth gear, downshift to third, and expecting that Honda to pull you out of a corner in third gear, it is not going to do that, okay? If you want it to do that a little bit more, do the Jody. Kiefer, what's a Jody? Put a tooth on the rear sprocket, people. Go to a 1349 from a 1348. 1348 is stock. I preferred 50% of the time a 49 tooth. They didn't do that in production uh, because obviously there's more test riders, test riders than just me. Uh, 
We usually have about three per test. And most of the other guys prefer to 48. So I like a little bit more pulling out of a corner. I like a 49 sprocket. Um, it helped. To me, did it did it hurt third gear? No, it didn't help or hurt third gear. I still had to shift kind of past third gear to get to fourth. But it to me, it helped second gear pop, getting out of corners. And if I wanted, and if I missed the shift, let's say I was lazy and I didn't downshift to second in the corner, and I used third, recovery time was better in third gear. In case you guys are new to this podcast, what is recovery time? Recovery time is when you're in a wrong gear and you go to fan the clutch and get on the gas, how soon that engine gets back up into the meat of the power. That's recovery time. And with a 49 tooth, recovery time is improved. So ride your bike stock with the stock gearing. See what kind of rider you are. And if you go down to shift to second, then don't worry about the gearing. The gearing is fine. But if you want a little bit more recovery time and you may shift um, down only once instead of going to second, you go to third, try a 49 tooth. It does help. And for you guys out there that are on the East Coast and riding these indoor tracks right now, go to a 50. Trust me. Go to a 50 tooth and then you can use third gear a lot in these bowl corners because you're going to be working with harder packed tracks that are a little bit more tackier and third gear will be more usable. Out here on outdoor tracks where it's soft, that doesn't apply. Okay, so... Indoor guys, East Coast dudes, cold as balls, try 50 tooth. Very, very important. Um, there is a 13.9 to 1 compression ratio on this piston. People always hit me up, Kiefer, should I put a, a high compression piston in this bike to get more bottom in? I have tried a higher compression piston. I also had to try race gas because I went to a 14 to 1 and it did detonate with pump fuel. So... It does help slightly, but you will have to run race fuel. So to me, the juice really isn't worth the squeeze. I leave the stock piston in there, and uh, I go different routes, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast, um, to get more bottom end. But just to kind of wrap up this engine improvement, I guess I would say, yes, if you're looking for some more bottom end, the 19 has that. If you're looking for some more mid-range, the 19 has that. If you're looking for some top end, a little bit more, the 19 has that. If you're looking for more over rev, that's the same as the 18. Again, it is an improvement from last year's Honda. Is it the best engine package to me in the 250 class? Absolutely not. That goes to probably the Yamaha. I would say the Honda, the 2019 Honda, is very comparable to the KTM 250SXF power plant. The 250SXF doesn't have a lot of bottom end. It's kind of mellow like the Honda. And it builds its power through the mid to top end. That's what the Honda power is like for 19. Similar feel. So you guys do like that KTM feeling and you're thinking about trying another brand? Honda would be that choice. Let's get to... Let's, I'm going to skip over the chassis for a second. Let's get to the suspension. Oh, you know what? Let me cover some some map switches here real quick before we move on. There is, obviously, you have map. You have three map um, on this bike. You have three maps. Map one, map two, map three. Um, I tried. I usually go to map one or map three. Map two is more of a smoother setting for hard pack tracks. Never touched it. I tried it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
but I, I do not see anyone using map two. Map one is an all-around good pulling power feeling. Um, again, like I said, not, not a ton of bottom end, but pulls good out of the corner. Mid-range to top end is fine. Map three, you want a little bit more hit down low. You want a little bit more pop, especially in second gear. Map three is where it's at. It is a little bit shorter on top end and over rev than map one, but I usually stick on map three if I'm at a tighter track at Milestone or even a Paris type of track. Map one for me was good at Glen Helen because it pulled long up those hills. I did like that. So also launch control. There's three different settings on this launch control. Is it a gimmick? <sighs> man, I'm going to have to say, man, I guess gimmick is the wrong word. I would have to say, am I going to use this launch control if I went to go race this bike? No, I would not. I would think this would be more of a, a good thing to have if you're less experienced on starts and you want to just dump the crap out of the throttle because you don't know how to deliver your throttle off of the gate then yes, these three launch control settings would be good for that. But I know how to start. Technique is key on starts. And to me, I would not use these launch control settings. I would get a whole shot device, put that sucker down, click that son bitch in second gear, and dump it and pin it. All right? There's not much to it. I'm usually pretty good at starts. And to me, I never really use the launch control um, in races. I mean, even in my big bikes, I don't use launch control. So, um, but that is a feature. You do have three settings, uh, advances and, and retards the timing to give you a more controlled, precise, maybe first 30, 40 feet until you shift. And then obviously it changes, but that could help you if you're less, um, I guess, less familiar with having good technique on starts. So if you guys are shitty at starts, do yourself a favor, research it, um, watch riders, study tape. Um, I'm sure YouTube has things about starts. Go look, watch how riders routines. There's plenty of that on social media. Watch how they start. Watch how they hook their feet inside the foot peg. Watch where their body is. Watch where their heads are. Watch where their chest is. Look at their fingers. Look at their throttle hands. Look at all that shit and study it. That's what I did. I never really had a teacher teach me how to start. I'm usually pretty good at starts, but that's because I study. So do yourself a favor and do that as well. Suspension on the 2019 Honda. Okay. Improvement from 2018. I thought the 18 was a little soft and I need a little bit more holdup. To me, the 2019 has improved in the fork department. It is a little bit better on holdup on slap downs coming in the corner. I have a little less pitching. Um, the overall ride attitude of the bike is a little bit flatter and it doesn't move front to back as much, especially exiting corners when I'm under the throttle hard. It doesn't squat as much and I have better rear wheel traction because of the suspension settings that we have here in 2019. Showa does a good job, man. Um, I really wish... And I'm going to get to the chassis side in a minute. But I really wish, man, the Honda 450 handled like this 250. 250 handles bitching. It's fun to ride, dude. It's To me, to me, I'm going to go on the limb. It's probably one of the most, most fun chassis in the 250 class. And I'll explain that here in a little bit. But if you guys are looking for a fork setting, 5 millimeters up on the fork height, okay? 
get that up. I'm pretty sure that stock, and I apologize for not confirming before I did this podcast, but I'm pretty sure five millimeters is stock on 2019. So you want that at five millimeters. I go plus two on the compression on the fork. What is plus two? Plus two means I'm going two stiffer in on the fork from stock. And you guys out there wanting to know, you email me, what's stock? What's the stock clickers? Read your manual, bros. Manual. You you know that book that you get when you buy the bike? Read it. It has all kinds of cool shit in it. It has your stock clicker settings. And you know what? Don't count on your dealer to have all of that stuff dialed in. When you get your bike, read your manual. Read where the clicker settings are. If it's at 12 or whatever, I don't know where the stock setting is. But if it is, put it there. Check it to make sure it's there. Don't just assume that's where it's at when they uncrated it. Who knows, right? So go plus two in. I'm 168 pounds. And again, I'm a front-end steering rider. I needed a a little bit more stiffness through the mid-stroke when I'm coming into decel bumps. And that really helps stability for me. So go two in and then go one stiffer on the rebound. Again, that just holds everything up a little bit firmer and it moves less and it deadens the front end and it gives me increased front wheel traction. Bump absorption is superb on this fork. Showa did an excellent job on this fork. Like I said, I wish this fork felt as good on the 450. Chances are it probably does. It's just that the the chassis on the 450 is a little bit rigid near the head tube. So maybe that is the reason why I don't feel as comfortable on a 450 than I do this 250. The 250, it is a great, great feeling dirt bike. Shock. 107 to 108 millimeters of sag, okay? That's important. Again, not like the 450. We're not chasing our tails. And the window... This box that we're in on the 250 is much larger than it is in the 450. Whether you want to blame that on the engine or the chassis or whatever, but regardless of the box we work with, the 250 has a real big box, and I it's not as finicky as the 450. So 107 to 108 on the sag. I go plus one on the shock on the low speed in one click. I go one-eighth in on high speed on the compression, okay? I'm telling you, when I do testing with these guys at Showa, I'll look at how far they turn the high speed when they go in or out, and I'm like, dude, you guys, you didn't change anything. He's like, uh, no, we went 116th. And I'm thinking, okay. I go out, and I and I feel it. So high speed is super sensitive, guys. 1.8th. Go in 1.8 if you're 168 to 175. I go in on the high speed because it's a little empty feeling on the end of the stroke and it kind of holds up the shock better when I go in a slightly, just a slight amount on the high speed. Don't go too much because it changes the ride attitude. It kind of feels high in the rear. So 1.8 on the high speed. And then I played with the rebounds. I, I end up going... Um, one stiffer, and then I was like, eh, it's kind of packing. I don't like that. I feel less rear-wheel traction. I went back to stock. So I usually ended up with a stock rebound setting on the shock, and that was a good balance. Again, one of the best, probably to me, the Yamaha and the Honda are the best suspension in the class. If you're looking for 
Um, if you're looking to go to five different tracks and have the same feeling at each track, the Honda and the Yamaha are very, very good. You don't have to change it that much. Once you have a setting, it works good a lot. It works good everywhere. That's the box I'm talking about, people. Is That, that box is wide. And Honda 450 needs to be like that more. So the older brother needs to take some lessons from the younger brother. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you, okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for 
a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order, please order, and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off. And I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, Hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where he can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So 
As you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They're on board with the keyforinktesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Have you been to ruddedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruddedracing.com. They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruddedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool streetwear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw... Some of this gear, and man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff, go to ruddedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the Bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruddedracing.com. Screenprintingdone.com I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com Screenprintingdone.com Let's talk to the chassis. I wanted to save this for last because, to me, I like this chassis better than the Yamaha YZ250F. Yes, I said it. Boom. There you go. You guys always talk shit on me like, oh, Kiefer, Yamaha, Yamaha, Yamaha. But, again, once again, I'll, I call it like I see it. And if it's something is better, I will, I will say that. And, to me, the Honda CRF250R chassis is fun to ride. It corners so damn good. It feels light. To me, where this bike is better than the Yamaha is weight feeling. I ride a 2019 Yamaha, and it's damn good, guys. Don't get me wrong. But it feels heavy at times 
now that I've been back to back with it, with this 19 Honda 250, it, it feels like 10 pounds, especially when I lean it into a corner. It doesn't feel as top heavy. I don't get as much engine braking. And I guess I didn't mention that too with the engine is this engine is so much freer feeling than the Yamaha YZ250F. And that's huge to me coming into corners. I can free, I guess, free wheel into these corners and lay into the rut much better on this Honda than I can the Yamaha. The Yamaha takes some setup, and it will corner, but it does take some effort. This Honda takes almost no effort to lean in. And that has something to do with the free character of the engine and this chassis that feels so balanced and so light. I love this chassis. The cornering ability, front end traction is high. Getting on the throttle early is where I did some back-to-back -back tests, some timing tests, I guess. We logged some time going through some corners. And I was always faster on this Honda than I was on the Yamaha or the KTM. Because I can get on the gas so early with this bike. And that is, like I said, due to balanced chassis, the frame flexing the correct way, front wheel traction, and the free engine feeling that I get from this Honda. Um, like I said, chassis to me is probably the most important thing on a dirt bike. And going fast is the most important thing to me on a dirt bike. And straight line stability is high for me on the scale of important things on a dirt bike. Straight line stability is superb. Unlike the 450 where I get some twitchiness and some head shake, this 250, I get none of that. Zero. I can charge into braking bumps and it does the same thing every lap. Uh, if I get a little sideways, it recovers nicely. I don't get a rigid feeling from this chassis like I do the 450. And to me, change of direction, if a line is blown out, come into a corner, I can cut down and it's so effortless um, that it makes me want to ride this bike all the time. When I left the test, when, when I was testing these 2019 Honda, I was like, man, I can't wait to get my test bike and build it to get a little bit more meat and some more bottom-end power and just ride this thing. So I feel like I ride a 250 almost better than a 450 at times when it has some power. Um, it's This 250 chassis is, is confidence-inspiring. If, if I was going to recommend a bike to someone that says, hey, I'm a vet guy. I, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be intimidated by a bike. Which bike should I buy? I point them in the direction of a Honda because it's confidence-inspiring. You can mess up, and it will not hurt you or bite you in the ass and throw you on the ground. This new 19 is better all the way around in the chassis department, even though there was no changes to the frame. So where does this all come from? To me, it comes from suspension settings. It comes from a freer engine. And this all goes hand in hand with chassis feeling when you're trying to push it into a corner all those things go hand in hand so i praise honda for always keeping um i guess on the 250 always keeping that balance of stability and cornering ability because they have that dialed in the 250 market it is good now they're starting to catch up a little bit on this engine side and uh once they get a little bit more torque out of this engine Stand by because it's going to be a hard package to beat. But for you guys out there wondering what the best chassis is, 
in my opinion, and when we do these 250 shootouts, obviously my opinions do not go in the shootout because if I'm if I tested for Honda, I don't want to um, be involved in a shootout and try to sway the results. Okay, I will give you my opinion at the end of the shootout who I like the most, but. If I'm going to judge chassis on the bikes that I have ridden so far, which has been the KTM, which has been the Honda, which has been the Kawasaki, um, and the Yamaha, I'm going to say the Honda has the best chassis out of the bunch, just because it's confidence-inspiring, easy to corner, and it has stability, and it feels light. The KTM is lighter on paper, but at times, I still feel like the Honda is lighter than the KTM. The KTM feels long and lazy a little bit to me, and that has something to do with the power delivery. Um, so Honda feels light, a little bit shorter, a little bit more flickable. I like that feeling on this bike. It, it's fun. Like, again, I don't get psyched to ride that many bikes. Um, in the past two years, I think I've been psyched to ride the Rockstar Edition Husky, the Yamaha YZ450F, and maybe the KTM 450SXF at times. But those are the bikes that I get really jacked up on. Like, yeah, I, I can't wait to ride them. This Honda CRF250 gets me jacked up to think, man, I want to do a little bit of work on this sucker. And it's going to be fun to ride. Like, I love it. And what bike doesn't look better than a Honda? Like, when I see a Honda, let me give you an example. I was going to write an article um, about influencers. But since they had that conversation on the Pulp Show, I decided, nah, I don't want to do it. It sucks because I had a nice article going, and then this shit got brought up on the on the Pulp Show with Steve. But to me, one of the biggest influencers for me, if I was just Joe Blow watching uh, stuff on social media or or, re, or you know listening to interviews and things, riders on Hondas always make me run or ride a dirt bike. Whether it be a local kid, I watch a local kid at the track on a Honda. Man, I'm like, dude, that thing looks sick. Hondas just look sick, right? Even if I do nothing about the motorcycle, I would go buy a Honda just because it looks so cool. Like, I'm like, dude, I watch Brayton ride. I'm like, God, that makes me want to ride a Honda. I just want to go ride. Ride red. No wing, no prayer. That's the kind of feeling that I get. So, um, Hondas do look, to me, look really sexy when they're new. Honda red. With the black rims, um, to me, you put a Yoshimura FMF Pro Circuit muffler on there. It looks so sick. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that at you guys because uh, I just thought it was funny that I was writing something about influencers and and then they talked about it in the Pulp Show. But that does happen, man. Like, people do influence me, and I'm in the sport, but I still get that feeling inside of me. Like, man, I, I feel like I want to go buy a Honda or, or just want to go ride that thing. It looks so bitching. So... Um, how does a couple things that are still an issue that I, I've, I've experienced. If you're just sitting there, if you're riding slow on a track or you get to where there's some deep sand, you're revving the shit out of this bike, it will spew cooling out. Um, I do notice this. Okay. So the bike gets super hot. It will puke coolant. So what you do is check your coolant level at all times. Especially for you guys riding deep sand tracks. Or you're just hanging out talking to everybody, letting it idle. Or I get this question too. Hey, Kiefer, I'm, I'm doing heat cycles in the garage. Trying to break this thing in. And it's, it's puking radiator fluid. Yeah, it gets warm. So that's normal. If, you're just, if your bike is idle on the stand, it's going to puke fluid no matter what bike it is. But the Honda does it a little bit more. 
So for whatever reason that is, I do not know. And honestly, I don't know yet. If I do find out, I will let you guys know. But it does suck coolant. So keep an eye on your guys' coolant levels. I was a dumbass at one point in 2017 and ran the son of a bitch dry and blew up the bike. That's my fault. I didn't check it. I, I usually don't check coolant levels that much. But now I'm very aware of it. So if you're listening to this podcast, you have a new Honda. When you go break it in, check your coolant level. If it's cooled down before you got for your moto, check it, fill it up. It's not going to go suck down past the coils, but if it's a hot day and you're on a sand check and revving the shit out of it, it might be. So refill it. That's the best <laughs> advice I could give you with this with this machine. Yes, you can go to um, a 1.8 radiator cap, but it doesn't help that much. So just be just be wise of this. Check your coolant. Clutch basket issue has been resolved. I beat the shit out of this bike, and I've had no problems with clutch basket or clutch life. Yes, the pull is a little bit tougher than most others. Unlike the 450, it's not that bad. But for 250 standards, the clutch pull isn't that soft. To me, I get a longer life out of a 250R clutch than I do to 450R clutch. And that consists of about 10 to 15 hours for me, which is normal amount for me. Because again, I ride the clutch a lot. I'm always slipping it. So, But they have fix the basket issue. So do not worry about that. Um, another thing I dislike about the Honda CRF250R is the sound of the the mufflers. Just sounds raspy. Just sounds loud and raspy. And uh, I put some Yoshimiras on before and FMFs and it sounds better. FMF has a deeper, louder sound. Yoshimiras actually sound the best to me, honestly. Um, just the way the, the pitch is and, and how quiet they are. Um, the stock mufflers will get blown out after about 20 hours and it just sounds raspy and shitty. So just know that. So, um, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the sound of the mufflers. So, uh, I'm going to do some modifications on this thing. I'm going to try a Yosh system here pretty soon. Hopefully a FMF system and hopefully a pro circuit system as well. Cause some of the stuff I've been riding with pro circuit have been good lately. Um, that's pretty much it guys. Um, that's basically my first impression of this machine. Um, like I said, you ain't going to find anybody out there that has more time on this bike um, that can nitpick this bike more than me. Uh, just because, simply because I've, I've ridden the shit out of this thing. So Honda does still have some more work to do. I feel like in the engine department to be number one. Chassis to me is great. Suspension to me is great. Um, again, Durability has improved for 2019, and Honda is a great company to warranty stuff if something happens. You know, there's always something, guys. Nothing is bulletproof. Sometimes there's an exception to the rule, and and something happens, right? That happens with every machine. But if that does happen, Honda's good at warranting things and fixing the problem. So uh, make sure you go to your dealer, and they can try to handle it for you. But most of the time that I've noticed, Honda is one of the better ones to help Help the customer fix the problem. So, so yeah, anyway, anyway, um, 2018, 2019, I would say 2019 is an improvement. A little bit better engine, awesome chassis, great balance suspension. Look for more on this bike coming up. I don't think we're going to do our 250 shootouts until January. 
I still have to do 85 shootouts, and I'm going to go back east for some 450 things that I'm going to do that I told you guys about. Um, and, of course, the media schedules everything in December. So all of these manufacturers are tapped out in December, and I'm not going to be up their ass about trying to squeeze in my shootout days in between everyone else's. Um, so if you guys want to hang tight and wait another month and get the real deal on shootouts, of course, you know that we have the most test riders out of all the media, we use a shit ton of guys, up to 20 riders, and we're going to use some women for the 250 shootout, um, younger, high-revving, hyperactive little young bucks, older vet dudes, and of course the standard issue, um, pro guys, you know, anywhere between 130, 130 pounds to over 200 pounds. We're going to give you a wide spectrum. <clears throat> but good job to Honda for improving a machine. And, uh, yeah, look for me on this sucker at the local tracks. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. I'll try to answer them for you. But uh, pretty much this podcast is this the gist of a first impression of this motorcycle. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just check me out of the track. If you see me, come over and talk to me, no problem. We can rap about this bike. And, hey, this is a good buy, by the way. Um, wasn't a big fan of this bike last year. To me little bit more of a fan. I appreciate it a little bit more because the engine character is improved. And of course, this chassis is awesome. Love it. You guys have problems cornering? Get a Honda. It'll help you in that, in that department. So just know that. Hey, thanks for joining me. Happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy it with your families. Get off your computers. Besides, go listen to this podcast, of course. Go listen to my stuff. Then after you're done, go hang out with your families. You know? It's okay. Talk to them. I tell my kid all the time, Fortnite sucks. Come hang out with your mom and dad. You know? You know. <laughs> you guys, I left you guys a pause right there because I know you parents know what the hell Fortnite's all about. But, hey, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for supporting my advertisers on the show. They're great people. They have great products. And, hey, yeah, it's fun it's fun stuff for us to do this kind of original content and give you some more organic things and just be real. It's tough to find these days. Hard to find some uh, real tests without the fluff, without the bullshit. You know, us dirt bike people, we're not polished people. We just want to know the facts, if it's good or not, and how we can fix or improve our current motorcycles. So that's what I'm about over here at keyforingtesting.com. And go over there, check out the website. There's tons of tests over there in case you guys missed it. Don't email me and ask me about something if it's on the website. If it's on the website and I fucked up and something I messed up on, hit me up. I'll try to fix it and get you an answer. But chances are you can get a lot of your answers over on the website. But I'm here for you guys as well. That's our motto. Chris at KeyforInkTesting.com. We're here to please. We're here to help. Go check them out. 2019 CRF250R is on the showroom floors now. And uh, I'm going to be going, actually, I'm going to go rip that son of a bitch tomorrow. It's going to be fun. So uh, ride red, no wing, no prayer, right? All these new bikes, so many good bikes nowadays, guys. You can't go wrong. All these bikes are good. Just uh, depends on what type of rider you are. So uh, good job, Honda. Thank you guys for joining me. And I will see you next week with a new Kiefer Tested Podcast. See you later.